Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Uh, pretty excited about the guests that I'm bringing you today. The weather has been pretty sweltering outside lately, and I can't really think of many better ways to cool off than with some ice cream. So we're going to be talking about ice cream today with the owners of an Omaha institution since 1984. That's Ted and Wally's Gene and Joe Pittack. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I just want to start kind of laying a baseline to to what Ted and Wally's is and what makes it unique compared to other ice cream shops around Omaha. And Gene, I saw when I was doing my research in another article, uh, or in one of the articles I read, you described it. You said our ice cream is old-fashioned East Coast style. Can you unpack that a little bit for me and tell me what that means? Okay. Um, I guess it's starting like the first time that I had ice cream, it was my dad making it. And so he would make it in the old crank machine with rock salt and ice and, um, like, heavy butter fat. Um, the New York style traditionally is – it's basically a, a kind of custard, and it's really, really, uh, really heavy on the butter fat, really heavy on the eggs. Um, and so that's always been my favorite. I like it just really thick and creamy. And it's not for everybody. I mean, we've got – uh, two-star reviews on there where people are like, this was just too rich for me. It was too, like, uh-huh. you know, it's, you know. So that's something I think that sets us apart. Um, and uh, so, and also that we use those over 100-year-old machines, you know, uh, those old White Mountain freezers, which Joe can go into detail with that because he's, <laughs> he's very hands-on with those. He's better than I am with all that. But, um yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think of it as in, like, photography, you know, like, the, the, about the same year the machines were first, you know, that we, the machines that we have, actually, around the same time that they were built is the same time Kodak was making pinhole cameras. Oh, wow. That puts so it in perspective. So, they those first came out of the box. So, I mean, that's the technology we're using. It's not, um, of course, most places are using modern technology, so it's kind of like, the difference between using a DSLR camera with, you know, uh, Adobe Photoshop and, you know, whatever the results you're going to get and uh, or using a pinhole camera. They're both, uh, I think, both an art and they're both, uh, um, you can come out with c- incredible results, but it's a very, very different process. So, mm-hmm. um, and even with our ingredients, um, when I developed the bases, um, kept it very true to that like the you know um we don't use a lot of the things like mono and diglycerides we don't use you know um you know already processed non-fat milks we don't use any of that stuff and we use like real sugar which you can get into a big argument with ice cream geeks about whether you use you know sugar or corn syrup and the back and forth with it but um personally i really like the taste of real sugar and um and also just the, you know, going with what we were trying to do, we've kept with those ingredients. So, um, yeah, I guess that's what I think of. We're using, like, old-fashioned ingredients and in really freaking old machines. So, And we still have people come in all the time that think those, those are displays, you know, because we make it in the morning. So if they get there in afternoon or evening, they're like, oh, these are great displays. And it's like, no, this is what we make everything <laughs> that, that, in. That was running this morning. <laughs> that is not an old machine. Or it is an old machine, but it's still very much functioning. Joe can talk about trying to get the parts for it and having stuff built for them and how much fun <laughs> it is when they break down all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, you know, basically you can't go to the hardware store and pick up a part, you know. <laughs> um, I got a row machine works down on 18th and Ogden. They're an old uh, machine shop. And so I'll take a, a gear that's looking better than the other gears I have and have them uh, pattern it out and, uh, you know, basically use a block of steel, cut it out, um, and, uh, and then I'm good to go. Uh, you know, there's other ones that we have to have cast. Uh, so we do a lot of zinc casting. Um, it still doesn't uh, hold up very well with the environment because uh, it's just rock salt and ice that we're making uh, the ice cream in. So all that highly corrosive environment is just not good for, for cast iron and, and zinc. Uh, so we're, we're constantly trying to have one ready to go uh, in case one breaks down. And it's usually, you know, on a Saturday or Fourth of July weekend, you know, never, of course, never yeah. breaks on a Tuesday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now, clearly, it's very, you know, it's very labor intensive to to keep those machines up and running. And you just mentioned how difficult it is, you know, to find replacement parts and stuff. 
yet you guys continue to use those machines instead of moving to modern machines. What do those machines do that just makes the product different, that makes it special? I really think the, the slow churn, um, you know, just the process of the, uh, the triple action where uh, when you go down the arm on the head, it has three gears in there. One's on the drive shaft uh, spinning, and it spins two other gears in opposite directions. So one gear will hold the top of the can and spin the can in one direction, and the other gear inside that feeds down holds the dasher, which is inside that has the paddles and scrapes the side, side of the can. So they go in opposite directions. So the can is going one way. The dasher is going the opposite way. Um, and it's doing it very slowly, and you have to have the right ratio of salt and ice to get your water just right. Um, you know, so it, it uh, and it changes when we're doing sorbet or vegan. Uh, you know, you just have to you have to know what you're making. Uh, so it takes you know, it takes a while to train people up on how to do that. Uh, but yeah, once once they get it down, they're they're people can you know go on tour for three months. Their band come back and hop right in, and they're good to go. That's awesome. So to be considered a premium ice cream, the base of that ice cream must have at least uh, 10% buttermilk fat minimum. You guys have almost double that, or more than double that, at 20%. So we know fat is flavor, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> and Gene, you talked about this a little bit earlier, but can you go into a little bit more depth why or what that extra buttermilk fat does for the consistency and for the flavor? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on what flavors you're making and all that kind of stuff, too, you know. Um, I I guess for me, it's it's mostly like that texture. Um, and there is a different kind of texture. I mean, uh, in um, a lot of uh, the store-bought kind of those ones, they'll use uh, like modified vegetable oil instead. You know, they use other, there's like a lot of different things they'll use instead of like eggs and real cream. And some of that's like super slick and creamy. But to me, it's like, uh, you know, like, real cheese and then the Velveeta, you know, um, you know, it's just like a different texture when it's like, you know, depending on the ingredients. So I think for me, I mostly went for that kind of like mouthfeel and texture, like, you know, when you're really, you're really biting into it. I just like that, uh, that, yeah. And it does bring out like some of the flavors really well. Um, you know, of course then it depends on gun fruit and a lot of those things that'll kind of, you know, bring it down the texture changes and all of that. And then of course, working with the old machines, getting, um, that freezing point, right. So <laughs> kind of tricky, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, no, I think that's what I, we do that. We do that for our, uh, keto ice cream too. It's also ultra premium because, um, uh, it started with a, a customer that uh, had become ill uh, and was told by his doctor he couldn't have any sugar. And he was a regular. He'd come in and get strawberry all the time. So I, I initially started trying to make a sugar-free base for him specifically. Um, but, you know, as I made it and all that, I, you know, and realized it was such, I wanted to have it be, because the stuff in this, most of the stuff you could buy anywhere else was lower fat. You know, usually if you get sugar-free, then it's lower fat, and then it would have that weird aftertaste. So, yeah. I'm going off on a tangent, like you were saying. No, no, perfectly <laughs> got to do that <laughs> with ice cream. We, um, lo- we love tangents on this show. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was one I was kind of laughing about, because it was just, like, it took me longer than the actual like the regular base which took me forever too I mean I was right to the point where I was almost like ready to give up because it was just um until it was just right um but the keto took me six years of trial and error trial and error trial and error um and it's you know much more difficult to get the correct freezing point uh of course not using sugar um and uh but yeah no we use like tons of eggs and heavy cream and all of our keto flavors too so they're and I try to use different ingredients than usual for like uh sugar substitute and keep it keep it all natural but also to just not have that weird aftertaste so i tried to get it to taste and feel as close as possible to our regular ice cream and i I would say it's pretty damn close it's pretty damn close like sometimes it'll change a little bit when we use different ingredients we get um baked goods from uh, omaha bakery um and she's a little bit of a genius with that with the the making keto pastries and things like that genius yes yeah she she worked really hard on those too i mean it's (laughs) uh, you know um so yeah and sometimes that'll change the the texture adding those things in but 
Okay. Yeah. I, I need you to take me back to that moment where you've been working on this keto ice cream for six years. Six years. That is a really long time. So take me back to the moment when you figure it out and you, you taste that product and you're like, this is it. All that work. I think I've found it. What was that moment like for you? Well, it was kind of funny because one of my friends that's diabetic, I, she was kind of my guinea pig and she would joke about it um, because when I first brought her like the first time I made it and it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> and she'll joke about that. She was like, it was pretty awful, but I ate it anyway. <laughs> she, like, so I think by the time I got done, it was close enough that I would give our regular ice cream and the keto ice cream to some of our employees to have them try it. And they didn't know which one was which. Oh, wow. So that's when I knew it was like, okay, that's kind of where I want it to be. That's how I know. Where people can't tell. Yeah. Uh, you guys have two locations of Ted and Wally's. And the menu is updated, I believe, daily, right? On the chalkboards or, or close to daily. How many flavor combinations have you featured over the years? Do you even, I mean, I know we're in the thousands at this point. I think I saw yeah. references to over 2,000. I don't know if we've reached 3,000 yet, but do you yeah, have we, any documentation on how yeah, many? Yeah, we do. I have hard copies of everything. <laughs> oh, we have over 3,000. Um, wow. But we, in regular rotation right now, we have like, I forget, it's like 2,500 something that's like in our actual and then so some of them we just do special order only or only for specific things and um yeah when we first started um which we're celebrating our 35th anniversary congratulations so that was pretty exciting um and uh yeah I found it in a box that um so I had never even seen it before uh the original recipe box a, a few years ago so that was pretty exciting and I counted and there was like 102 recipes or something that was just like a little over 100 originally so that was kind of fun and um it was kind of fun to see how some of those had remained we've kept them absolutely the same um like with our dutch chocolate we've just kept it absolutely the same just kind of in the tradition of um and then there's some of them we don't make very often like a tea berry cinnamon and (laughs) (laughs) some of those in there so that was fun um how how do you come up with new flavors i mean i just just, you know, from a, it, it just seems like at some point you would hit a wall after, you know, 2000, <laughs> maybe 2500, like, but you guys just keep churning more out. How do you come up with new flavors and what is the experimentation process like? Um, well, I think, I mean, I mean, Joe's had one from like just the story of a friend that he came up with a fun one. Um, uh, some of our employees that make ice cream have come up with like a, Duffy made cucumber sandwich, which I never, ever would have thought. My grandma ate those, but I never would have thought of making that into a flavor. But that's one of his favorite foods. A cucumber sandwich ice cream? Yeah, and it's pretty Super popular. Good. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I guess, you know, for myself, it's just been, I don't know, I really like eating. <laughs> so, and so anything that I like, I've, I've, you know, tried to make a flavor out of it. Um, and, and my goal has always been to, like, and a lot of it, too, I guess, is, um, over time, like after we bought it and then worked on making all the bases from scratch, including like our sherbet, our, the frozen, they originally had frozen yogurts, but um, now we make that from scratch using local yogurt and all that. Um, and then we added, of course, vegan and keto and um, we had sorbets. I think we added a goat milk ice cream, things like that. Joe, what what's the story that Gene is referencing that you got one from a friend? Yeah, I had a, a, a friend's uncle uh, was telling the story about you know back in like the back of the seventies. Uh, he was talking about a friend who was driving drunk home, and uh, he was driving like a like a red vehicle and hit a bunch of cars. Pulled into the driveway, put the car in the garage. Cops show up, and you know like hey, we we know. That you hit all these cars all the way to your house, and you know we we know you did it. And he's like, no, I I drive a chartreuse Edsel. And I was like, that's the perfect name for an ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> so I just took the name chartreuse Edsel, and uh, it's uh, curried uh, pistachio ice cream with uh, white chocolate covered uh, pretzel sticks. Yeah, so it's kind of that uh, that chartreuse color with a little crunch and a little a little paint, <laughs> you know. 
hanging out on the side. <laughs> so, I mean, is that just how you guys brains work? Just, you know, that, that, uh, that story has nothing to do with ice cream. It has nothing, nothing to do yet. with food, but like, <laughs> as you're hearing that story is like, is an ice cream flavor just starting to develop in your head? Or are you thinking about that story later? And you're just like, Hey, I could, you know, maybe we could do something along with that. Like just for that specific instance, like how did that story turn to ice cream in your brain? I guess maybe some people's brains hear something funny and they're like, oh, that'd be a great band name. But for me, it's like, oh, that'd be a great <laughs> ice cream flavor. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, Gene, I, I found a quote from you um, a while back. You said, don't be afraid to try new flavors and take inspiration from what's around you. If it's a food, it can be ice cream. And I, I absolutely agree with that. I've also seen... Some ice cream flavors go a little bit crazy. Like even just doing some research for this, I found ghost pepper ice cream, lobster ice cream, Cheeto ice cream, like things that maybe they would work. I haven't tried these ice creams. Maybe they're great, but it seems like they might be going a little too far. How do you find that right balance between creating something that's delicious versus making something that you know, it's fun on Instagram or, you know, it kind of sounds cool, but it's kind of a gimmick. And this is something where Duffy and I would be like, um, <laughs> <laughs> Button heads a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, cause for me, it's really important. Whatever it is, it has to taste really good. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I was trying to think of made one though. It's like, um, uh, prime rib before with, um, I'm trying to think of all was in it. It was like, a. Salted caramel apple bourbon bourbon, bourbon, bourbon caramel apple prime rib ice cream. I was gonna ask you about this, <laughs> yes. so I have it written yes, down and in my notes. Yes, and things like that, and um, you know, and I made things for uh, the, the guy that owns SG Roy is best friends with one of my best friends' husband, and so for his birthday, I made him a cigar flavored inspired Whoa. ice cream, and it's good. It tastes yeah. really good, um, and that to me, that's really important. Having just the, you know, perfect making it taste good. But the sense of humor, like um, uh, one of uh, like uh, Duffy, that uh, you know, he's worked for us for years, and he develops, and he's he's really good. Like he could make really amazing stuff, but he they think it's funny, so he'll like make Mountain Dew sorbet. It's kind of like a running <laughs> joke, or you know, things like that. Um, I got Velveeta one time because I wanted to make hillbilly fudge, and then put it into ice cream. And I came in, and he had taken it and made Velveeta and crackers. Oh boy. Ice cream. But I, he kind of does it with a sense of cute. I mean, yeah, because they all know they're like, you know, just to kind of like get my goat. So it's kind of like a running joke. So once in a while, it's not very often because they know those aren't even in the recipe book or anything that you'll see that. There was one a while ago. Oh, I was trying to think. Um, yeah, one of our, our, our dairies dropped off like, because uh, uh, sometimes with the, the, the farmers in the pastry chefs we work with, um, just because of how I work, um, even how I cook at home, my kid, one of my kids' favorite things is like one of my weird casseroles. So there's a lot of times I'll just tell them, just make whatever and bring it in. Or with the farmers, I'll be like, whatever, just, you know, surprise me. So they bring in some really, you know, <laughs> and it's fun because I like to take that and then try to make it into something that tastes good. Um, but um, that time they had brought in, uh, it was just like buttermilk and sour cream or Something like, which we have like a lot of, I think, really amazing buttermilk flavors. But um, yeah, he just made like plain buttermilk or something. (laughs) And so like I never would always like, I'm really introverted, so I never have pictures of myself on Instagram. So he knew it was for him, but I had a picture with it like, Jeannie's really excited. (laughs) So it was like an inside joke. And, you know, his wife was dying. She was all like, yeah, like. (laughs) That's good. So, um, but those are like few and far between. I think, um, you know, we have fun. I think it's not taking it too seriously as part of part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think flavor ideas for me, it's been, I think we have flavors that are from literature, from, you know, music, uh, from, you know, customers where their favorite foods are. Um, yeah, I think it's like that. I think for me personally too i mean i've um uh, my my kids are half japanese so they like a lot of that so we make you know we make a lot of hawaiian and um a lot of like uh yeah a lot of different like japanese flavors and things that like my kids like because they've gotten old enough to ask for like why don't you make this you know <laughs> um 
Yeah, I know that was one of the reviews that I loved the most too. It was because uh, make I make mochi and for um, and sometimes I make uh, mochi from scratch to put in there too and stuff. And then uh, yeah, but uh, somebody made a a review saying that like we have too many weird flavors and mochi has no place in ice cream and gave us one star. <laughs> and it's like I don't know, it made me laugh. I never understand but, why people leave reviews like that. It's like cuz you guys still have like all the standard flavors. So if somebody wants to if they're a vanilla ice cream person, they can just get vanilla ice cream. We try to have a little bit. Yeah, they don't everything. have to if they don't want mochi in ice cream, they don't have to get it. I don't <laughs> I've never understood stuff like that. And even but. Joe and I are you know like he really likes the sweet flavor you know the marshmallow and my least favorite flavor in the whole world cotton candy mm-hmm. um um so i'm more of a savory person i like you know a lot of spices and yeah more savory flavors dark chocolates things like that so. have you guys ever put out a flavor that not that you weren't excited about but maybe you were kind of on the fence and you were like oh, i don't know you know how this one's gonna hit and then it just like went over like gangbusters and people loved it um when you got to go through more than three thousand, <laughs> that's, that's quite the Rolodex to. Go yeah, through. I was I was thinking of one that didn't go over well. Uh, haggis, haggis, haggis. It was. Uh, oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> it was a. Uh, I had so, nothing to do with that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was nothing. one that uh, it was somebody was doing some sort of competition or something. Yeah, and, it was and they uh, asked Megan. us if we could make this really you know make make the craziest flavor you can think of, and so it was uh, haggis that we got from Just Good Meats. And then sriracha, so we're kind of playing on the Torah, 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 uh-huh. haggis, 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 and uh, but yeah, didn't uh, wasn't that great. That, it was, that it was, was it was kind of a one and done, you know. That was yeah, that was not delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but you can you, you can get away with that in the summertime, you know, when you're like today we had 36 empty cans on the rack, so basically our whole back stock was eliminated yesterday with College World Series and Father's Day and beautiful right. weather. Um, so what we made. Saturday is gone Sunday, and we just start over again on Monday. So, so if you make a bomb like that, it's you know gone. Yeah. Again, I'm asking you guys to to go through a ton of recipes here, so don't you know feel obligated to to rack your brains too hard. But I just I I need to ask with so many recipes out there, do you guys have like some a couple favorites that stick out to you, whether they were your favorite tasting or it was just like, it was so reward, like you worked so hard on this recipe that when it finally came out right, it was so rewarding, or you took some ingredients that you didn't necessarily think would go well together, but then you made them work, so that was like really fun, and people loved it. Like, what are a few of your, as you just look back on the past 16 years, what are a few that really like just popped to the front of your mind? What was this, like the smoked salmon that had, that's not had one of my favorites. Not really a favorite. It, it, it was actually it came out a, good. Had a, had yeah. a, it, it that really, was when I did it, and I was proud yeah, of it. That so seemed really weird. It seemed really weird that it had, like, this kind of cult following. Where yeah, people like, were ordering, like, can I special order a gallon of that? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I did it for Lent, you know. Yeah, what was the name? Was that but that was, like, another challenge that was with my friend Anne Vu. Like, uh, we had a challenge. And, that, and that's the thing, too. When you look at uh, ice cream culture, the best, most, I think, in my opinion, I think the most exciting ice cream culture uh, comes out of Japan and Mexico. Because people always say, like, Italy, da, da, da. But, like, if you look at the most innovative and, like, some of the longest standing, like, with the art form and the things that they do, and it's just so fascinating and, um, yeah, just the most incredible flavors and stuff is definitely, I would say, hands down, Japan and Mexico. What is it about those cultures? Like, what, what's special about Well, Japan, those? I think it's just because, of course, I mean, ice cream began in China, you know? So <laughs> it's just, they've been doing it for way longer than mm-hmm. any of the rest of us. Um, Mexico, I don't know what it is. They just, uh, looking at the, the kind, the ways that they make it, they have, like, some really interesting traditional ways of making it, but their flavors, too, are just, like, really, really creative, like... I mean, Japan, too. It's, like, really, really creative. It's like, oh, are you like, I wish I thought of that. You know, and they're just more, um, I don't know, to me, really inspiring, I think. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Any others other than smoked salmon? <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's called the real fish. The real it? fish, yeah. yeah it's an R E E O. Yeah. <laughs> We're bringing out our like our weirdest. The one time we made haggis, I'm like the one time. <laughs> yes, the one time. Never you guys again. His naming <laughs> abilities are on point, by the way. Oh, uh, I think there's a. Let's just little... do this whole podcast of like the worst five flavors <laughs> that we've made the last thirty years. Uh, um. The Kraken. <laughs> The Kraken? Yes, yes. the Kraken. That was, that was a one and done, I believe. Yeah, so, yeah. Was that, but that uh, was like, well, that was one of the ones with Anne. Yeah. She's like, you've never made an octopus flavor. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so that was an Unagi one. Um, but I mean, that one's kind of stolen because that one's, that's actually is a flavor. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not an original. But, uh, um. It was a uh, the malted ikazumi. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. ikazumi is a really popular flavor in Japan. But we made it here, and I just made it because I wanted to try it, and no one else made it, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and that one kind of blew up, and we had to like make tons and tons of it. And I thought that was really that was unexpected. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, I was kind of making it for myself, and figured, well, we're gonna have to melt down the rest of this can. Um, yeah, that was on live with uh, Ryan and Kelly, like yeah. Ryan Seacrest and Kelly. Uh, Ripa. Yeah, um, and that was pretty fun. Yeah, so yeah, national morning television. They're they're on there trying, <laughs> trying <laughs> ice cream faces. <laughs> Wait, t- tell me about that experience. What? Well, there's a there's a shipping issue, and it got lost oh, in the, the yeah. mail room. And we've never shipped ice cream ever. I mean, we don't. We don't use preservatives, stabilizers, so it's we don't it's use, made to be we don't have right the... now, not sit in a box or on a <laughs> shelf for a year. Yeah. You know, it's like you eat this now. <laughs> so yeah. wait, but how did this opportunity come about? So they just called us out of the blue, and so really? it was like, and then it was only a few days off, so it was like had to make it, had to figure out like go and figure out how to get the bo- you know what I mean, get the dry house, how to get it all there, and then um, and uh, I was went to New York. Actually, was visiting some ice cream shops up in New York during the time that it aired, and like, it was funny because it um, they said that it had gotten lost in the building. Like, they finally they hadn't hadn't arrived, and then like someone had seen it in the building, and then they were like, "It's just lost," and so they're like, "Sorry, it's not going to air." And um, they had done two flavors originally, but yeah, I was like in the eating breakfast at this uh, hotel, and then they came on, and they were like. <laughs> All of a sudden, my kids were like, "Mommy, there's your ice cream!" So I'm like, "Oh my god, it did make it! <laughs> they must have found it somewhere in the building the last minute." So, um, yeah, I don't know. Pretty funny. That was our one and only shipping experience. So I don't think might be the last one. Okay, so I want to yeah. get into you guys' backgrounds a little bit too. And uh, you two are siblings. Um, you bought the shop, uh, bought Ted and Wallace in 2001. But before we get to that, I have to ask you, what is it like to work together? Because I, ha- I have a sister as well, and I love Faith. She is awesome. She is a wonderful sister and a fantastic friend. I love her to death. If we worked together, we would just tear each other apart probably after about 20 minutes. <laughs> how do you guys make it work? Like, how, how do you establish that relationship to, to be business partners? I think we have a good balance. She's more of the creative. I'm more of the, the kind of rigid. <laughs> rigid. Like, uh, if, we're, if we're up to me, it would be all sweet flavors, you know, like kids' flavors, you know, <laughs> cereal, sugar, you know. Um, so... Uh, I think we have a good balance there uh, where you're, you, you're great at coming up with really wild flavors uh, that, that take off and, and people are totally into. Um, and then I fix machines and hire people and work on advertising and, and uh, you know, over the years we've, you know, kind of crossed that path, but we still have, you know, just have that good balance in between there. So I guess uh, do, do what you know you do well. Yeah, do you know you do well, and I think it's like you know communication, and um, you know, yeah, I think it's it is. I mean, it's kind of like I thought of it before. It's kind of like being married a really long time. I think <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it is, and the in the the business kind of becomes like your baby, you know. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, it's you know. Yeah, we've been raising it. To, it's an adult now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you guys both started at Ted and Wally's as employees, and that's kind of how you got introduced to, you know, what this business was all about. But it's one thing to work at a place versus owning it. So, like, can you kind of tell me the story of of how owning the business came to be? Um, yeah, I mean, we both worked there, um, and uh, it was they were going to be they were all talking about retiring, you know, and um, it was a family. It was originally their brother and his partner that owned it, and then he, they sold it to like his. Uh, uh, two brothers and sister so it was all like you know family um and I really loved the culture and kind of like how they had started it um when the original uh when uh Dean and them started it way back it was because they had gone to upstate New York and were looking around and it was funny because it was like Ben and Jerry's before Ben and Jerry's was anywhere else like it was like whatever and they were inspired by Ben and Jerry's so <laughs> and they were um uh, leave it to beaver huge fans so that's where the name came from so I mean they they never said it was kind of from Ben and Jerry's but I kind of you know probably between that and yep, leave it to beaver dots. <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah they were inspired by uh like the ice cream in New York too and that for me personally is just like very much what I like so I'm, I like going up to we have uh family history from upstate New York and all of that. And I love kind of the culture with ice cream there too. It's like very unpretentious. Um, like some of the shops this last time I went up there, you could tell by eating it, the ingredients, or you could tell the butter fat was like over the top. You could tell the ingredients were real. So you can tell it was made from scratch, right? Mm -hmm. You could tell it was uber expensive to make and whatever. But I just noticed they had none of that in there, like – they weren't marketing it that way. They're like, you know, like, here's your ice cream, you know? Like, it was just, uh, and a lot of them were, like, mom and pop shops, and they're still doing it, like, the old way, and they're still, and I just, I don't know, I just really respect and love that, and so, and I feel like that kind of went along with uh, the original owners of Ted and Wally's and how they are. Um, how do I put it? Um, kind of a, their sense of humor, too. I think we get along really well, like uh, back in the day when Julie, one of the previous owners, and we're still friends, um, she told me years later, not at the time, but she told me years later, because I walked in and she said, Dave did all the hiring, but I came in and asked for an application and she hired me on the spot. And she told me later, I never hired, I never did the hiring, but she goes, I hired you because I just knew you were going to be like, work out and be perfect. And I was like that. And she's like, you know, because you're, you know, a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, okay. But she said, no, no, those are the people that, like, you know, they have, like, for some reason, they just, they're the ones that work out. So, so I guess, yeah, here I am because I'm a little bit weird. Joe's a little bit weird, too. <laughs> We're all He's a little not bit a, weird, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and they were, they were talking about retiring, and um, there was a phone call that came in while I was working with them, and it was some guy that owned some donut franchise from out of state, so it was the usual. He wanted to, like, you know, buy it out, make it into whatever. So um, that's why I went to Joe about it, because I was like, I really don't want it to turn into that, you know? Mm -hmm. I guess I'd worked there long enough and with the family and I, that I cared about it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's why we did it, was basically to keep it going and... Hopefully there'll be someone after us to keep it going with that same kind of tradition too, because I, it's, it can't be, fran I mean, it could be franchise. If people always ask, are you going to expand? Are you going to whatever? <laughs> but um, we have so many flavors and we locally source by far the majority of our ingredients. So a lot of our flavors are based on other local businesses and things that grow here locally and things like that. And that's how it's been for a really long time. So that can't be expanded <laughs> yeah you can't just drop that in the middle of missouri and say make these <laughs> yeah. same flavors yeah. and um our ice cream takes wait it takes a really long time to make it's very extremely labor intensive um it's out of this world expensive which i kind of have to give kudos to joe on that because when i was developing it and i kept upping all this and that and i could see him <laughs> you know seeing the price of it go up and up i could yeah. see him just being a little bit like you know, <laughs> well, and you're you're also watching like these big four gallon cans of ice cream, 
get melted and throw it away. Oh yeah, yeah. since I was over developing. And over and over. You're like, oh yeah. You're just like, ah, oh, fast. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because I, you know, developing the face and then yeah, the sherbets and the yogurts and all that stuff, and then the vegan and took lots of but trial yeah. and error because I mean, and the and the I'm really. The recipes we have now, like I'm, I'm proud. It's something I'm proud of. It's really unique. The way that we make our custard is different than anybody else. Um, so we kind of like problem solve to to make, you know, stick to the principles and also have it work in these really old machines. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a fun time. Yeah, I mean that was part of the whole tossing things out too. You had to make that large quantity to match the machine. Um, and the process, you couldn't just do it in a little you know, rival machine and do a quart at a time. And no, like, oh, you can't. this is it. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, you can't. You got to do it, it in the whole amount every time. So, um, yeah, no, it was a really fun time, though. And, uh, yeah, I think in, in with that, too, it was just um, as we were making every started making everything from scratch and, and kind of, and we didn't announce that. We just did it, you know, and just kind of, should I keep, and we still are just perfecting it over the years. Um, but of course, because of the way we were raised, um, our mom was a, not really a hippie, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, were. she was like one of the founders of a league in Omaha. She was one of the founders of one of the first food co-ops. And um, my dad was from farming, you know, from a farming family. And um, so we got all, we went out of town to get all of our, you know, we would drive to the farm to get our milk, to get our cheese, to get our meat, to get our eggs, and that's how we were raised. And so I didn't really think about it when we started doing everything from scratch. I s- started that's, going to places we went to yeah, get stuff, right? That's just what you knew, And yeah. then it's gradually built over the years, and then, like, thank God for Lone Tree <laughs> Farm Table that's helped consolidate so much of it. Um, it's been really helpful, and then um, we've even gotten more of, like, the other, like, um, you know, like a sweet video that makes our chocolate and, and things like that. They, they now are on like Lone Tree and things like that. So that's really great. Um, and we've got a lot of different dairies we get from, so that's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a little bit, I like it that way too, because it gives you, um, from, you know, as opposed to using like a base and then adding stuff like a lot of plate. I like that we do everything from scratch because it gives you so much more freedom too. So it was really fun. Um, Davey Road Ranch, unless just in case he's listening to this, I really, really miss having Jersey cows because I think that was by far the best ice cream we ever made was, was some of the ice cream from or yep. one of the best ones, <laughs> yeah, using the Jersey cream. It was so, that was way, like, the butterfat was just insane, and it was just, like, yellow because it was, like, the um, butterfat from Jersey cows is way higher than from um, typical. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was really, really delicious. So I, I like having that freedom of being able to use whatever ingredients and be able to, like, change that and do all that. So it's been really fun. But like <laughs> I said, I had to give kudos to Joe because with all of this, and then us, I guess that's where my rambling was going, um, adding in all these, like, local pastry chefs and all this stuff, it was, of course, the prices were, like, going up and up and up as we were switching everything over. But I think it's been really worth it. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, totally would, worth it. I would agree. After 20 years, I'd say you guys have made this thing into, into a success. But going back to the very beginning, I mean – what was that? What was that pressure on like for you guys? Because clearly, you know, Ted and Wallace was something that was already you know well established in Omaha. Omahans loved it. It was obviously very special to you guys because you you loved it so much that you bought it rather than see someone else take it. So like, I can imagine there's a great excitement in that you know now you you own this thing and you get to keep it alive. But at the same time, there's that pressure to keep it alive and there's that pressure to maintain the same level of consistency, if not improve it. What was that feeling like as you, you know, moved through those first few months? I think the beginning was rough because uh, we were in our early 20s, went to the bank. The banker's like, 
No. <laughs> <laughs> you you have no business experience. You're you're dropping out of college to do this. You're, you know, like you work there, yeah. And then uh, we also had to move this location because it's on Howard Street, and they're going to renovate the building. And so we had to find a new spot. And we're like, yeah, we're going to move it. It'll be fine. And the bank bankers like, no, no, this doesn't this doesn't compute. So uh, we ended up getting a a loan from the previous owners, and then. Uh, Borrowed some money from the family uh, to make that happen. Um, and then doing all the work on the building that we're in now. So that was uh, Dave and I, the old owner. Uh, he and I, like, jackhammering the floor out, to trench it out so the plumber could come in, put stuff in, swinging jackhammers to knock down brick walls and uh, put a lot of work in, uh, moving things over, using employees to put things on dollies and, like, those giant safe doors, <laughs> like four people. <laughs> we have had, we had this old, old safe in our office that's from the old building, and it must have been from an old business that was in it was the old market. It was originally a bank. The, the, old, the old market location was originally, originally a bank. Originally a bank, Way so back, that, yeah. was, that was the bank safe <laughs> that we now have. That we still use, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's got a, a hand-painted uh, scene of a, of a ship on the water. You know, <laughs> It's pretty cool. But anyway, it, uh, it was... Uh, it was definitely scary at the beginning because we did have to make numbers work. Um, we were working all the time. You know, if we were working, you know, it was saving us money, you know, so we didn't have to, you know, it was, it was good to have else. employees, but you you still had to have enough money in the bank account to pay your employees. And one of those options was to work as much as we could so we didn't have to pay ourselves, you know. Yeah. Um, so how much are we talking, like what? type of weeks are we talking like 80 hour weeks 60 hour weeks i don't even know more than that (laughs) (laughs) way more than that (laughs) yeah no it was just we had no lives i remember that i mean i I think it's good being that young though too yeah i had the energy yeah definitely had the energy um and then i used to walk home to work and back to like you know from like the town back then i remember just like you have so much energy when you're like in your 20s Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get it done. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was definitely definitely scary because moving from one loc off of Howard Street, everybody's like, "Oh, you leave Howard Street. Street, you know, you're you're not going to make it on Jackson. There's nothing over on Jackson, and there, there was like nothing. And where the ho- the hotel was, it was like a big. It used ditch. to be used yeah. to be American. <laughs> yeah, it used to be American Machine Works, and then uh, they that tore out. that down, and they were going to build a hotel, but there was a financial crash. And so, like, all the work stopped. So, for a couple of years, across the street from us on 12th Street, which is now a Hyatt Hotel, there was just the the dusty basement <laughs> or foundation of this old machine shop. And, the you know, the wind would swirl. You need to get this, yeah. <laughs> this and the, construction. And the, the sun was so bright that, like, <laughs> all the employees would be wearing sunglasses. Yeah, wearing sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, so there's a whole era of employee photos where people are wearing sunglasses <laughs> smiling, you know. Uh, so at what point did you said the first couple months were pretty rough at what point did things start to smooth out a little bit and you're like okay that that was hard but we're starting to see you know the wheels start to turn here things are starting to work out for us i think probably after the like the because we opened we tried we tried to open in the spring and we it didn't quite happen so we kind of opened middle of summer um, and so we had to make it through that first winter, and then I think next spring, summer, things were things were going like people found us around the corner, uh, and it, you know, I think it just kind of went from there. Yeah, yeah. So I feel very fortunate. Like it could have, <laughs> I mean, yeah, could have gone either way. I mean, that was really. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that the <laughs> building was pretty sparse at the beginning. You know, you didn't. You know, no money to decorate. Like, well, we want to put a door on the north side, but we aren't going to be able to do that for like five years. Maybe. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, things are pretty, pretty light, pretty bare. You know. Yeah. Just you know. So, but but yeah, we we're able to build. You know, as time went on, and added a door, added outdoor seating. Um, you know, changed out an air conditioner over time, and changed out equipment. And, yeah, Bought a new building, have a second location. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's get into that real quick. You guys opened your second location in 2016 uh, out in the Benson neck of the woods. Um, I, you know, we, we, we've talked so much about how unique you guys' ice cream creation process is from the older machines, from the unique bases, from all the local ingredients. Like, you know, 
you specifically mentioned how hard this is to replicate why you guys aren't, you know, franchising and going big and having two locations is not franchising, but you have to replicate that process now at a second location. How do you ensure that the quality maintains the same when you're doing the same process at two different locations? Well, same machines. Uh, my buddy Raymond and I drove uh, his Volkswagen bus all the way to, uh, uh, we were all the way in Rhode Island to pick up machines from somebody oh, wow. who had them, loaded them, but, you know, basically drove out, put the machines in the in the van, turned around and drove all the way back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, uh, you know, having the same machines, uh, having the knowledge, uh, the equipment, uh, the, we knew the neighborhood because we grew up uh, further west on Maple, like 97th and Maple. So we used to drive through Benson to go to our grandmother's house, who was on uh, like 36 and coming. So we would go through that neighborhood growing up. Yeah, we stopped at the hobby shop and the bakery. Yeah. And so we hung out there a lot too. Yeah. Familiar. Yeah, I used to do the sidewalk sales. And so, so we, yeah, we knew the neighborhood. Um, I remember the, when it used to have a Pegasus on the building for a mobile gas station. Um, at, at one point, somebody cut that part off and put a gabled roof on. So we, we went with the flat roof, but we didn't uh, add the section. So it was designed to look like a mobile oil can. Mm-hmm. So in the front, it's rounded and it goes up. And you can still see the, the bottom half of the Pegasus. Like you see the legs hanging dangling down. Um, it wasn't in the budget to, to add another four I know, feet. I wanted the Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have one on the inside. But, uh, but so, yeah, knowing, knowing the neighborhood and then seeing that building pop up for sale, um, and it was like a, it was the son of the owner of the building who had it forever, had it as a car lot, it was just selling it, so it wasn't really getting publicized. Um, I just happened to be walking by, and I was like, I'm going to make the phone call, <laughs> you know, talk to him, and, and it worked out. And, and uh, I think we were like the last cheap building in Benson. Like after we bought, then it was like everything. We had was a developer like what, like a week that. later. Yeah, it's not very long. I yeah, we had multiple to people it. like, hey, we want to buy this building from you. You know, <laughs> you can have a bay below. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they wanted to buy the whole block, um, and then yeah, do you know, uh, you know, basically mixed use, you know, and then you could, you guys can have a condo and do your business underneath. They're like. Uh, no, I already, <laughs> already own the property. Like, I don't want to, you know. <laughs> yeah, not really. Not so, really our speed, but. You know. Yeah, and I, I don't think it would have. I think it, the, the building there and then that stretch of buildings just adds the historic aesthetic of Benson, uh, similar to what we have down in the old market. You know, uh, Benson just recently got on the registry of historic places. Uh, old market's been there for a long time. So, uh, you know, there were, there were rules back when. Um, oh, yeah, there still are. Funny. Um yeah, back so the line was on 12th Street, and then Maggie Moves moved in, and and they were across the line, and so they were doing everything that you couldn't do in the historic district. So can lighting, this pink and yellow awning, and and yeah. uh, like a stucco wall, and you know, yeah, they wouldn't a, let yeah they wouldn't let us put up a sign like out by this, <laughs> and then it was like we had like three colors to pick from to paint the building. It, yeah. I mean, it was pretty hilarious. In, indirect like lighting, you know, yeah. <laughs> But who, but, but who won? <laughs> you, you guys survived. You made it through. Took, took down Maggie Moose. All right. I, uh, we're short on time here, unfortunately, but I can't get you guys out of here without asking this question. And we may have hit, it, hit on it at some point or maybe various points throughout this conversation already. But I just have to know, what is your favorite part of just being involved in ice cream and dealing with ice cream every day? Um, well, when I was little, I used to pray every single day that, uh, when I got big enough, I could eat all the ice cream I wanted because, uh, my dad would make, you know, ice cream occasionally, but my mom was like super health food. Like we were that weird family that would pass out. Like I was like, even on Halloween, it was like. <laughs> From no name nutrition, their special sucker, you know, organic suckers <laughs> yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you grew up with uh, fruit roll ups. I grew up with fruit leather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It was like kind of an obsession for me. So, yeah, I guess be careful what you pray for because you just might get it. <laughs> and I do. And I said, you know, I was thinking about the other day, I think I, d- I did a post about it because I looked back and I was like, I've eaten ice cream every single day for like the last 25 years. <laughs> Wow. And I'm okay with that, you know. Yes, it's a real blessing. I think it's, I think, um, 
Yeah, I really, I really love making ice cream. I haven't gotten tired of it. I really, really enjoy the process of that, and uh, um, I love the community aspect of it. Um, the people, all the people that we work with, a lot of them become really good friends, um, other chefs and farmers and stuff, and um, and with our employees and our regular customers, um, we've just had like just been really blessed with some of the greatest people. It really makes it worth it. I think. Too, you know, uh, when you see, I see other restaurants, even ice cream places, where they're making everything from scratch and doing it, you know, kind of in similar ways. It's like, I know they're not doing it for the money because you're not going to be <laughs> doing it this way. I mean, just looking at, I was like, at some point I went, you know, snuck and looked at a, um, a, a local chain place. I won't name who it is, but, you know, people sometimes complain about our prices being, you know, high. Um, but our, uh, we keep, try to keep it low considering how expensive it is to make. We really, cause it's, uh, I mean, uh, ice cream is like a, a working class food and I, with that tradition, um, you want it to be affordable and something that everybody can enjoy. Right. Um, but yeah, our, our profit margin is not that high, but I was looking at this other place and they're, the amount that they served was less than, and their con- menu was confusing, so you couldn't tell what it, you know, what it was. They're pretty good at that. But I was looking for the same amount of ounces. Ours was actually less expensive, what we're selling it for, but infinitely more expensive to make. So I think you really have to have, like, a passion for what you're doing and really have, like, clear, like, this is why I'm doing this, you know. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the great thing for me, I think, is, yeah, the community. Um, you know, the, the employees that we've had, you know, the generations, um, you know, sometimes we'll have uh, somebody who sticks with us through high school and graduates, and then their sibling starts working for us. And so you have both of them, like one while one is in college, the other one's in high school, you know, and then somebody graduates, and then another one comes along. So you kind of, you get to see all this growth happen. Um, you know, we get to see them have kids, start families, um, it's pretty cool, you know, get a lot of Creighton kids, uh, you know, all of a sudden they're a doctor, like, hey, I gotta, I gotta go, <laughs> I gotta work at the med center, I can't work this summer, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool, well, it's good having you, you know, <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, same thing with customers, um, you know, we have people come in, they do, like, first dates, and then we'll get a call later on, and, you know, be like, hey, can you write, you know, Jenny, will you marry me on the board? You know, and then they come in, and I, all of a sudden their family's in the booth taking photos of somebody on a knee. Oh, that's you amazing. Know? And then later on, you'll have, you'll get tagged in their photos of, like, their kid having their first ice cream, you know? So it's it's really, over the amount of time that we've been there, it's it's cool to see that arc uh, going along, so. Yeah. I mean, it's even gone, I have on my dresser, actually, a few letters customers that really like really touched me and one of them was a um a man that came in for years and years and years and like was like a regular and just a really fun guy um and when he passed away his family asked us to have some of the ice creams because we made some ice creams like in his honor and stuff too and so um they had us make ice cream for his funeral and then but since then then like other members of his family have come in for like major family events and it is like that it's like the you know like gonna make me cry. It's like I don't know. It's like you know. It means a lot to me that it's what we do is meaningful to other people. So yeah. yeah, I think people can look at it on the surface and be like, oh well, it's it's just ice cream. You know, it's ice cream. Everyone knows ice cream. It's been a part of our lives forever. But like you guys have clearly shown, I mean, it can have such an impact on people. You know, it's had an impact on you guys where you loved ice cream so much that you couldn't let this this local ice cream shop go to a go to a donut chain, you had to save it. And now, and now your customers are repaying that by coming to you and sharing these special moments and, and really, you know, making Ted and Wally's not just a place they go to, but a place that is kind of a part of them. So just congratulations on all your success. Uh, You guys have clearly done something really awesome. You make some fantastic ice cream. Even haggis, haggis, haggis. I'm sure that there's <laughs> someone out there who would appreciate that flavor. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that, maybe that's the one miss. But all, all other 3,076 or whatever there are have been hits. I'm sure. So, thank you so much, guys, for joining well, me so on the show today. Us. Yeah, thank you. All right, and Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.